You're listening to the Bougie Boss Podcast, a podcast specifically designed for the classy, bossed-up woman who's looking to build her empire and start living the life that she deserves. I am your host, Marissa Janae, so grab a glass of wine, sit back, take notes, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 and welcome back to the Bougie Boss Podcast. This is your host, Marissa Janae, Kingdom Boss, Christian Lifestyle Coach, aka the Future Wife Coach and Author, bringing you another episode of the Bougie Boss Podcast. Hello, my babes. Welcome back to a new week. Happy Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday or Sunday, whenever you are listening to this podcast. Welcome back. I hope that you have enjoyed your weekend that you are enjoying your Monday, that you are enjoying your week. I am excited. We have another guest on for today. We are taking a pause on the series, uh, Preparing for Your Husband. Um, I will bring in another one of my mentees next week, but we are just taking a pause. We actually have a gentleman on the podcast for today, but before we get into this interview for today, I just want to do a couple of church announcements. So do not forget to register for Relationship Goals 101, the Blueprint Conference and Retreat happening in South Beach, Miami, Florida, September 18th through 19th of 2020. So if you are single, if you are courting, if you are married, you need to be at this conference period. So make sure that you click the link in the show notes and go ahead and register. You have a single tickets available as well as couples or bestie tickets available as well as group tickets available. So go ahead and get your tickets now while they are in early bird. Uh, The early bird will be up soon and I just can't help you sis or bruh whoever's listening today. I'm not going to be able to help you. So make sure that you go ahead and get your tickets now. Also, if you have not yet applied for the Future Wife 90-Day Boot Camp that starts on February 23rd, again, if you are a single woman that is looking to achieve wholeness and prepare for and attract your future kingdom husband, you definitely need to be in this program. You can also find that link in the show notes. Go ahead and apply. Let's get on the phone. Let's talk about your needs and how I will be able to help you within this program. So enough for the church announcements for today. Let's go ahead and get on into the podcast. I am super excited to uh, present this brother today. I actually met him on Instagram. I was scrolling through Instagram, just doing some engagement through the ministry page of Form Her, and I came across his ministry. And um, I was intrigued, and I sent him a message, and lo and behold, We, you know, have connected. He has talked to some of my mentees in the 90-day boot camp. Now I have him on the podcast. So I'm super excited to introduce him today. I'm going to step on out of the way so he can go ahead and talk and introduce himself. Mr. Jeremiah Chase, are you there? Hey, what's up, y'all? What's going on? Awesome, awesome. I'm glad to have you on the podcast for today. Could you go ahead and just tell my babes out there um, a little about yourself? I'm 27 years old. I'm still a virgin, and I'm excited about that. I'm musician first, creative. I like creating things. I have, like, two clothing lines called Love Smart and No Kids Weekend. Organization called Sesquan Wait a While, uh, which I started two years ago, 2018, 
um, where God places on my heart to start talking about my virginity. So I talk about how I deal with relationships with women, how women interact with me being a virgin and a different um, relationship and, uh, you know, talk about virginity to promiscuity and uh, singleness to marriage. So we've been doing it for the past two years, uh, events every three months, engaging panel. You know, we not sitting down behind a desk. <laughs> we up in your face. <laughs> Seth can wait a while. <laughs> <laughs> so could you just give us just a little bit more background on your ministry, Sex Can Wait a While? Like, when did this happen? Like, when did God download this, you know, this ministry to you? And how did you feel at first about putting this out to the world? He, God gave it to me. I was 20... 25. I was 25. And that year I was turning 26. So when I launched everything to talk about what I was going to do, I was 25. And it was like October when this happened. So I'm like, dang, all right, God, cool. But then I kind of sat with it for a little bit. And God was like, do this now. So I made this post on Facebook. Talk about, yeah, I'm a virgin. So I'm going to start something. Basically, some people start uh, reaching out to me. Oh, you really a virgin? You know, but it really went crazy when I did a whole video talking about sex can wait a while. So, and then I did another video talk about when that event was going to be. So, and it was just like, I was always comfortable talking about my sexuality. You know, that was never a problem with me. So sometimes when I meet people like, oh my gosh, your people, they, they, they'll like run into the uh, Sesco Wait a While page. like, oh my gosh, finally somebody like me, you know, to be around uh, the same minded people. And I'm like, look, like I didn't feel weird because I was a virgin and my friends weren't, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like you shouldn't feel like that. It's just like, oh my gosh, well, my friends are having sex and I'm the only one that's not having sex. My, my friends in relationships, you know, and they, and, and you know, I'm, I'm the only one not in a relationship. Just continue to know who you are in God because I feel like that that's an insecurity. You should be able to be yourself around any type of people. I was, I was that person. I was that virgin guy that, well, I'm still in that virgin guy that's around people that, you know, that probably have never experienced the value in themselves. Could you just talk a little bit about how it is being a virgin out here in this world where people are, you know, engaging in fornication before getting, uh, getting married, just as a man out here. Could you just let my listeners know, like, do you get any backlash or, you know, has it been hard, you know, to, to, you know, continue to have your purity? Like, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's really hard. Masturbation is real. You know, I struggled with masturbation for a long time. Dang, I discovered that in like age of nine. And I'm like, dang, God, like, why did I even discover this? Nobody exposed me to no magazines. You know, nobody exposed me to uh, no uh, porn or whatever. I never, I never seen a porn uh, really before. That wasn't my struggle with masturbation was. I have a big imagination. You know what I'm saying? Like just in general, right? So if I have a big imagination, just even... And like, you know, just able to, because you have mental masturbation too. You don't have to touch yourself to, to, you know, to ejaculate, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and, and it's just like, we got to understand that how powerful our minds are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I'm not saying I was like teleporting <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wasn't flying with my mind. No, you know, like no telekinesis was going over here, but it was just like, um, those things are real. And it was just like, you know, lust is real. You know what I mean? I like women. I like all types of women. But it's a choice. It's like, okay, cool. You going to let this be your struggle? You know what I'm saying? How long you going to deal with this? How long you, how long we going to struggle with the same sin? 
with the same sin. You know what I mean? I was a virgin that wasn't pure. And it's hard. You know what I mean? So it's just like purity is an everyday fight. It's kind of, You know what I'm saying? That's an everyday fight to keep your mind pure. Now, look, you can think about killing somebody and now your uh, mind is not pure. You know what I mean? Anything that's not like God. Sex is just one part. Plus, just, that's just one part. You know what I mean? Let's talk about violence. You know what I mean? Let's talk about doing somebody dirty. Like, yo, you want to do that? You know what I'm saying? So, but like, just even in this world, it's just like, yeah, like, I'm. it's not easy. It's hard, right? But at the same time, you got to ask yourself, okay, how far would you go? Mm-hmm. How far would you go? And what I had to realize is I had to create a foundation for myself. Like, I remember like, I wanted a girlfriend so bad. I wanted a girlfriend so bad. I remember um, I was on a bus. I was like, I'm getting me a number today. I was 19. <laughs> Still ain't bag. Nobody, right? <laughs> I was 19. I was like, man, I'm a grown man. I'm get me a number, right? <laughs> so, and I always had girls that liked me. I would always turn them down. Always. It was at one point I just wasn't interested. Um, I approached this girl. She was too young, though. She was like 15. I booked around that corner so fast, Marissa. I was like, I guess she ain't count. But then I ended up talking to one girl, got a number. She was like a year older than me. She was 20. You know, I felt good about myself. I called my boy. I said, I got my first number. <laughs> I was all hype. But, you know, that thing, that, that didn't really go nowhere. But I was like 22 or 23. I got my first girlfriend. And um, somebody that I knew a long time ago. Um, our parents were like best friends, and um, then me and her had reconnected, and um, she was like a few years older than me too. That lasted four months. <laughs> God literally told me to to like, he 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 said that you guys about to break up. It's crazy because when I got in a relationship, I really started to hear God's voice, mm-hmm. and that was crazy. Like he, it was like all right, cool. Like well, you, you know, you finally got a girlfriend. Now I'm gonna start speaking. Now, not saying God wasn't speaking, but, you know, I was able to hear his voice. He would tell me when she went out drinking. He would tell me when she was going to go to the club. It was crazy because these are things that didn't line up with my lifestyle and didn't line up with the the lifestyle that God wanted her to live. You want to do the things of the world, but God uh, will show you. God exposed me to courtship when I was really, like, 20, but I thought it was boring. I was like, man, I want me a girlfriend. Ain't nobody trying to do that. You know what I mean? Because I never had a girlfriend. I wanted to be like my homies. You know, everybody got a girl. I want a girl, too, right? You know, but then God actually exposed me. Okay, cool. Well, let me show you what a girlfriend is. Right. And I ain't like it. I had two. <laughs> <laughs> I had two. <laughs> two girlfriends. Okay, babes, I just want to, you know, interrupt right here and just let you know that Brother Chase is from Philadelphia. He's actually from my hometown. So you may hear a couple words in there that you may have not heard before. This is how we get down in Philly. <laughs> Certain <laughs> words, and, you know, that we use, you know, uh, the Philly lingo that we use that you may hear um, throughout the podcast, but just wanted to let you know, because he did not let you know that he's from the city of brotherly love. But I do want to ask you, um, going back to just your walk with God, mm-hmm. when did that start? And, beca- you know, because I, I know for some of my babes out there, some are, you know, still waiting, you know, for their husbands. And they're like, you know, there's no real godly men out here. And could you just, you know, back us up a little bit and talk about your walk with God and let them know that it is okay for a man to actually worship and praise God? Well, I was born and raised in church. I always seen an example of uh, how men should be. Um, and when I got older, I saw it 
like a little older than like my teenage years, I saw an example of, of how a man shouldn't be as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, my dad always been in my life too. Um, but I always tell people, I say, look, like, cool. Like, that's great. A father can be in life. But one thing that where uh, some fathers may drop the ball is that they don't have conversations with you about the conversations you're supposed to have, like about women and about sex. You know what I mean? I didn't get those conversations, you know. And my parents, both of them waited till they got married. They were virgins, right? So it was just like, dad, like, well, they didn't tell you? No, I didn't handle conversation. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, look, I don't, I don't blame them for it, but that's a part of my story. You know, I got saved when I was 15. I thought I was saved at seven, but I didn't really, it's not like I didn't believe in my heart. I, I know I didn't confess with my, uh, with my mouth, you know, that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, and I was introducing people to Christ <laughs> and I still wasn't really saved. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, like, I can't say not really saved. I wasn't saved because I didn't do that process. But um, I got saved when I was 15. It was just like, I always wanted to be different versus I always wanted to be different. Like, I knew right from wrong. I always just, it's something I just went down with. If I even thought about too long, trying to do what everybody else do. We're not here to have sex. Like, bro, that's not you. You know what I mean? And it's just like, all right, you know, I ain't fight it. I continue to, you know, to stand where I stand. I had to create that foundation of why I wanted to wait, of why I wanted to be a gentleman. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, yo, man, y'all really out here treating these women like that? You know what I'm saying? Come on, bro. Like, you drawling. Like, sorry, y'all. Drawling means, like, annoying and, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> sorry. I don't want to lose the people. <laughs> you know, it's certain things I wanted to do. And I know that that didn't line up with my life. And at the end of the day, you see, you know what what's right from wrong. Everybody know what a good man looks like. Everybody know what a good woman looks like. And my favorite thing is sometimes because this isn't something that we really got to tackle. I had one lady uh, inbox me um, like two days ago. No, this is yesterday. She inboxed me because me and uh, Brandy, uh, we do like the abortion courtship videos. And it's been a minute since we put one up. So she was like, look, can you guys talk about how she said that she had a friend, right? She said she had a friend. She said that um, he claims that he's a man of God, but he said that he still sleeps with the women and he prays with them, right? Giving him like, oh, a pass. Bruh, come on now. You setting the wrong example. And she was telling him like, yo, you tripping. He's like, no, you know, at least I pray with him. You know, I am just because CEO and man of God is in his man box, um, is, is, is in his um inbox, is, is in his profile, don't mean nothing. Don't mean nothing. Like literally, we can see a mile away if a relationship is going to work. So I don't know, you know, people when they need praying and stuff like that, the relationship going to work. Guys like, look, you want me to pull you out of mess that you got yourself into. I told you from the beginning not to mess with bull. You know what I'm saying? I told you from I told you from the beginning not to mess with the young lady. This is one thing that kind of irks me. If you probably paid attention to some of the uh posts, it depends on what I post. It's always one. It's always one lady that says, "Well, where they at though?" I ran away. Mm -hmm. So every time a lady says, "Well, where they at though?" They running away from you, sis, because you got to think about this. What woman of God is going to ask that? Yeah. Where they at, though? First of all, you got to ask yourself of why you keep asking that question. You never met a real man of God? Your intentions can't be always, okay, cool, like that's going to be your potential husband. Bye. That cannot, because that is such in the forefront of our, you know, of single men and single women's minds is that, okay, cool, 
well, they're a man of God. Well, that must be for me. No, back up. You acting too thirsty. Mm-hmm. Back up. I think Acts 2, when um Jesus said, like, if I give you this, you'll never thirst again. <laughs> he said, you get this, then you, you'll keep being thirsty. <laughs> I read that last night, and I was rolling. Because I said, dang, even Jesus, Jesus started that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was crazy. The reality is everybody not going to get married. So you could take down your notes. You could have all these preferences. And a lot of times is your preference is really your principle. Your preference is really your principle. Because, first of all, all my black sisters, trust me, if 10 of y'all want him to be six foot, and dark skin, that's not going to happen. I promise you that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? What if you're 4'11"? That is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, look, is your preference going to stop God? Is your preference going to stop God? Like, no, no, no. Well, I believe that God is going to honor, you know, um, the desires of your heart. Are you taking scripture out of context? Mm-hmm. What's really in your heart? Is it petty in your heart? Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, some of us, we don't even believe in um, marrying marrying outside our culture. We believe everybody got to be the same skin color. What if that reason right there, what if that petty preference right there, that's really your principle, and you lying, talk about, so, oh, no, it don't matter. Yes, it do, because God is trying to exp- ex- expand something for you. Mm-hmm. And you holding back because of the color of his skin. What if he's everything you wanted in a man, and he's just white? And he's just Asian. And he's he just Russian. Middle Eastern. It don't matter. God had hardened Pharaoh's heart. He could do something to your heart, too. It don't matter. Like, that whole stereotype of uh, good men don't exist. No, good men do exist. The reality is, a lot of our women don't want the good man. Okay, God, do I really want a good man? He seemed a little soft. What's your definition of soft, sis? Come on now. Because I know dudes. That they don't want, they won't react to a lot of things, but you put them to the limit, they'll whoop somebody behind. I know plenty of them. Try me. You know what I'm saying? A man uses his mind. The dude that's reacting, and you don't want no man, he reacting to everything. Yeah. He got to use his mind. Come on now. Really, before people start making these assumptions on how a man, how a man is, really experience different types of men. Experience different types of men. And I'm not talking about getting relationships with them because some, a lot of us, we don't know how to be friends with the opposite sex. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I believe once you get married, you can't be, uh, you can't have opposite sex friends. First of all, how is that even possible? How is that even possible? If somebody says you can't have opposite sex friends, that's because you don't know how to control yourself and your wife don't trust you and you don't trust yourself. Because if you made friends with uh, two other women, it was just, oh, no, something just bound to happen. You don't trust yourself. There's something weird about that. Because a pastor told me, he said, what if that's somebody's ministry? What if that's somebody's ministry? And you can't stop friendships. If you can't make friends with the opposite sex, then how will you and your wife become friends then? How you and your wife or your husband become friends if you can't have friends with the opposite sex? That means you don't know how to make friends. That's my take on it. That doesn't make sense. Oh, all your friends are the same sex. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, even going back to what you were saying about some women saying, you know, that there aren't any good men out here and they may not want good men, that is a valid point. But I also want to offer another point that it may not be that they don't want um, they don't want that good man. Um, it could be that their heart is just not in the right place to recognize what a good man looks like because they haven't even um, taken the steps, you know, within themselves to even get right and try to partner with God to work on certain things to get them right. So when they do lay their eyes or be in the presence of a good man, they're able to recognize this good man. And even going a step further with, um, you know, a woman not wanting a good man, and it could be, okay, yes, she may be lazy in a sense, lack of a better term, lazy in a sense, because this man may be a good man, and she knows that she has not yet risen to the occasion to actually have this good man in her life because she has not done the work on the back end to actually, you know, you know, be in connection with this man. Yeah. Yeah. So the next question I wanted to ask you um, was about courting. And, and dating, I know this is something that, you know, you and your fiance, you know, Brandy talk about in your ministry, sex can wait a while. Um, mm-hmm. If you can just explain to my listeners, I know they've heard it from me millions of times, but just, you know, just the background of, you know, what you, what you think or what you have come across when it comes to courting and what you've come across when it comes to dating. I actually wanted to go a little bit deeper. Because a lot of times when people talk about courtship, people don't know, like, because I can explain, you know, just in a nutshell what courtship is, right? Like, well, what do I do? Because we all come from a dating experience, right? Until we start birthing, like, yo, courtship should actually be the first intention, not dating. You know what I mean? But I will say this. um, I believe that dating is just an appointment that results in another date. I believe courtship is the intention uh, to marry. And dating isn't in the Bible. Courtship isn't in the Bible. But you can do courtship uh, biblically based, and it does line up way better than what dating does. Because in a culture of even even in courting with God not involved, not involved, it's still a safe place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dating is is basically you can do anything you want. You know what I mean? And I was watching something, and this dude, uh, he's and the girl asked him some question on something. He said. We're just dating. Somebody can always fall back and say that. You know what I mean? Because that's not the intention. So some people will say, can't you date with intentions? Okay, that's kind of like made up though too. Christian dating is an oxymoron. You know what I mean? If you look back at dating, that was out with a prostitute. That was a night out with a prostitute. Anything can be a date. Anything can't be a courtship though. Me and Brady are in a kingdom courtship because God is in it. You know what I'm saying? You could court wrong. I wanted to reference uh, out of Choosing God's Best. Um, this is a book that me and Brady has studied and are still studying that has helped us a lot in our uh, in our courtship. Uh, shout out to Kingdom Courtship, Salim or Aisha Wright. Uh, being our mentors in this courtship um, and uh, a part of our accountability system as well um, in this process um, of our courtship. In chapter one, it talks about the principles of dating a man-centered and culturally determined courtship principles are God-centered and biblically based. It also, uh, it referenced Matthew uh, 7, 24. 
So our Matthew 7, 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Courtship sets up a foundation. Dating, it's too confusing, and it, dating can be with anybody can go out on a date, y'all. Anybody can't court. You know, the dating can, this is a date right here, this podcast. Didn't we set this up a long time ago? Yes, we did. You make an appointment. It's just multiple appointments. This was the goal right here, to do the podcast. I have I have 12 steps to courtship. So if you got a pen, um, we got some time, sis? All right, cool. So step one, dump dating. Choose to break up with dating. Believe that God is a better matchmaker than you are. Be committed to wait for his best for your life. Colossians 2.8. That was step one. Everything will say, scripture is based behind it. So when people start asking y'all, well, you know, it's in the Bible. All right, cool. You're not going to find courtship in the Bible. Here are some scriptures. All right. So that first scripture was Colossians 2.8. Step two, develop your worth and identity in Christ. This is so important, y'all. Courtship is like you have to know yourself. Dating, you don't. You do not have to know yourself in dating. You do not. Because that's only getting to know the other person. That's it. That's it. You do not have to know yourself. That's why people will be in these long behind engagements because y'all still dating. Y'all never elevated. You know, marriage is elevation. What happens, you know, after you get the ring? What happens after you find a husband? Right? Step two, develop your worth and identity in Christ. While you wait for God's timing. Concentrate on being the right person instead of finding the right person. Concentrate on being the right person instead of finding the right person. Focus on your value and identity in Christ instead of your value to somebody else. Galatians 1.10. Step three, be involved in ministry. Develop godly characteristics such as servanthood and sacrifice, both of which will be essential to a successful marriage. Also, keep in mind that many times God will use a ministry to introduce you to your future mate. Mark 10, 45. Okay. You, we got to be doing God's work. We got to be doing God's purpose. Do what God called you to do. That's your own individual ministry, right? Don't turn into bone quisha when you're doing your business. Still be Katie. <laughs> You know what I mean? No offense to anybody name. That's bone question. I hope not. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, look, we can't be switching up, y'all. We cannot be switching up. That That's not cool, and that's not fair. So step four, find an accountability couple while you are single. Your parents are your automatic accountability couple, right? Have that good relationship with your parents. You know what I mean? Work on that relationship. And that's fine. Everybody relationship not going to be where it needs to be. It'll develop over time. But at the same time, if you do have a good relationship with your parents, find accountability. You know, use them as accountability. Accountability people are not people that's in your business spreading it. These are people that's in your business that's going to help you. You know what I mean? Add value. Some people say when you get married, oh, keep everybody out your business. That's not true. That shouldn't happen. You should be going to somebody other than God because God will send people that's like him in your life to help the situation. You know, just somebody just to add value. That's it. 
to why you're single, right? Seek the Lord for an accountability couple, right? Preferably your parents, as you should approach the level of intimate friendship. Receive the full knowledge and blessing from your parents or another accountability couple. Be open to their protection, correction, and direction. Proverbs 12, 15. Step five, complete the preparations of courtship. For a four courtship, spend your season of singleness preparing yourself for a future marriage. Come on, this is something that we lack. The only time we enjoy singleness is when we're ready to break up with somebody. And two weeks later, I want another boo. No, you don't. No, you don't. Remember what happened last time you did it your way. Doing God's way, you're not going to want to do it. But then you, I love doing it God's way. I love doing it God's way, you know? All right, so spend your season of singleness preparing yourself for a future marriage by developing godly character, emotional health, financial stability, and vocational and household skills. Not preparing for courtship may result in a mudslide. Matthew 7, 24-25. We just uh, talked about that. Building your house on a rock and not sand. You know, you know no slippery slopes over here, y'all. Step six. Develop healthy, godly relationships. Fellowship with other believers uh, will help you develop friendships and fight off loneliness. The Bible doesn't say that Adam was lonely. The Bible says that God saw that Adam was lonely, okay? So understand this. Don't you know how we be like, well, I'm lonely. And we use that scripture saying like, oh, I'm lonely. Because the Bible says that, you know, um, that when Adam was lonely, God recognized that Adam was lonely. God saw that he needed help. God saw that he needed to help me. So singleness is a season. And even when um, when God came down in the cool of the day in Genesis, and it says that, um, that God said, where art thou? That means God still was dealing with Adam and still, he still had his alone time with Adam. Even though after Eve came, God still needs his alone time. And they were married by this time, right? So, if we uh, if we think about it, we cut God out when we get a little girlfriend and boyfriend. Nothing about the Bible says anything about a girlfriend and boyfriend. Ever. We got to kill it. We got to destroy it. Christian dating is an oxymoron. It doesn't add up with our lifestyles. Um, how do you get to know someone if you don't date? Through godly friendships. Song of Songs 2-7. A solid friendship is the cornerstone of a solid marriage. You can get to know somebody without kissing and touching. You don't got to touch me <laughs> to get to know me. Sometimes it's, it's, it's in some women lingo to like use like babe or stuff like that. Or, hey, honey bun, like don't say that to me. Someone be trying to be slick. So sometimes watch, watch your language. Oh, hey, boo. Nope. No, that's not your boo. I don't, I don't care where you're from. No, we're not saying that. You know what I mean? Because somebody could be taking it. Oh, well, you know, some crazy dude. Oh, she called me boo. He he called me boo. You know what I mean? Like, no, we're not um speaking that. We gotta watch our language. Okay, well, how do you get to know somebody if you you know if you don't date them? You know, it's called it's it's a chapter in this book that's called Relating Without Dating. <laughs> do you date your boss? You can have a good relationship with your boss. You know, like you don't have to date anybody to get to know them. And it's like a lot of us, we date wrong. That's not what a date is. That's not. It's just an appointment. That's it. Ain't all that other stuff that, that everybody be doing is extra. The stuff that I was doing was extra. 
kissing and touching and stuff like that. That was that was all extra. It's called playing with fire, right? Right. I love kissing the lips and stuff like that. You know, and um, you know, when somebody was uh, trying to uh, touch me in a place where they shouldn't touch me, I stopped them. You know what I mean? But look, that was me. Like I was wrong for that though, because look, kissing leads to other things, y'all. So even though I wasn't going to go to that level, I shouldn't have been kissing them because that's where they're expected it to go. So we got to be mindful. We got to be mindful. What's your struggle? Cool. If you know you can't kiss nobody or whatever, then don't do it. Then don't do it. You should only be kissing and touching if the goal is marriage. And after God gives you the okay, me and my fiance, we have, we have never kissed in the lips. Our first kiss in the lips is going to be on our wedding day. All right, step seven. See God's will. See God's will in every aspect of your life, especially whom to court. Everybody don't do the courtship process right. I prayed and I fasted to get confirmation about Brandy because we had did it wrong at first. God was like, look, you're going to do this thing right. And I said, Brandy, I said, look, we're going to court. We're going to do this thing right. Like, we're not going to be holding hands still saying we uh, we friends. So we're not going to hold hands no more. You know what I mean? We're not going to kiss each other in the cheek no more. We're not doing that. So we stopped that. Started our courtship in March after I had to get that clear confirmation from God again. <laughs> he was like, I told you behind already. I already gave you the okay. You know, so because <laughs> I was willing to let Brandy go. Are you willing to let that person go for God's best? If she wasn't the one, then all right, scram. Not the one. We got to be willing to do that, to let go of what the enemy sends and let in what God sends. When the, uh, when the difficult times in your marriage come, and they will, you can stand firm knowing God brought your mate into your life. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Billy Graham once said, I believe if you are a Christian, God has the ideal person picked out for you. If you don't wait for God's choice, you get his second or third best. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, step that eight. Is the make, truth. Yeah. Make a, a commitment. Once an intimate friendship is developed, we believe he or she may be our intended partner. We enter a courtship with the understanding that marriage is the expected end result. Dating, that's like, oh, no, but we still feel each other out. Courtship is it. I already know I'm going to marry you. You know what I mean? I know this. Not dating. You don't know you're going to marry that person. You still with the stuttering. <laughs> Step nine, develop spiritual oneness. To build a solid marriage, the first cornerstone is the development of spiritual oneness through prayer, Bible study, and ministry opportunities. Ecclesiastes 4.12. Step 10, or two more, y'all. Develop emotional oneness. The next building block in a good marriage is the development of emotional oneness through sharing personal needs and feelings with each other. This is the point where you may guard your heart from others, but you can fully reveal your heart to your mate. Proverbs 4.23. Step 11, develop physical oneness. The last step, now cool, you marry at this time, okay? Yeah, you know how y'all be like, yes, hunting, yes. All right, right. <laughs> so step eleven, develop physical oneness. The last step of the courtship process is becoming one physically after marriage. Genesis two twenty four. 
when a couple reserves physical intimacy until mar- until after marriage. They have a deeper sense of security and trust for one another. All right, now look, remind, look, they have a deeper sense of security and trust for one another. You got to understand that. A lot of people out here having physical one is physical one is the sex, right? Physical one is not, not just sex, but sometimes we open up that door for sex. You're not supposed to really embrace nobody. Brandy always says, she was like, um, it's not that I'm not looking forward to sex because well, my fiance is a virgin too. She was like, it's not that she's not looking forward to sex, but she's looking more so to embracing me, right? She wasn't talking about sex. Cool, we're engaged now, so like we can like legally like bula, right? But we can't go far. Like we can't go far. Like because it's like we're not married. You know what I mean? So there's <laughs> hashtag boo loving limits when you're engaged. There should be. You know what I mean? Like, there should be a limit to that because it's like, blue balls is real, y'all. <laughs> you know, and that thing hurt. When you, walk, you know what I mean? Because your body is expecting something and it doesn't get that. So have that limit. You know what I mean? Like, look, all right, yo, I can't, you know what I mean? I can't do, you know, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 you're sitting on my lap. Even though I know there's something that's not going to happen. It's, it's just, you know, I'm me in pain walking away. Now, look, if you want to do that, all right, cool. Walk away in pain, then all right, bro, go ahead. <laughs> you got to be mindful of that. And um, before I get to the last step, um, Dr. Ronaker explains, he said that um, he doesn't really recommend having sex that first night. Now, look, don't you know, I've heard a lot of people say a lot of married couples don't have sex the first night because they'd be so tired from the reception. Yeah, I heard that too. Right? So it's just like, Oh, cool. Like, Eric, like, now look, that's the reality. Y'all are so excited, but you know, you still excited and tired. And I read an article how people had lousy sex because it was tired. I don't know what my situation will be like. <laughs> Miles Monroe, he said, look, affection isn't sex. So you got to understand that you want to build affection because everybody, um, love language, I don't think anybody's love language should be sex. Like, that's just God's gift. And your love language changes. So, are you really supposed to experience that level of love language yet? Because how is it sense of touch and all these people was giving you that love language and that wasn't your husband and your wife? Your love language can change. Last step, pass courtship to others. Instill the courtship principles in your children and your friends. Become an accountability couple to others, courting couples. Share your testimony. And blessing of the courtship process with others. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, the last thing I do want to touch on before we end out this podcast um, is just going back to your ministry. Sex can wait a while. Could you um, just let my babes out there know how, the importance of waiting to have sex and engage in sex before, uh, after marriage, <laughs> not before marriage, but after <laughs> marriage. <laughs> the waiting process is so dope. It's not just about sex. It's the weight to hold that person's hand. It's the weight to embrace an affection toward another person. It's the weight to cook together. It's the weight to wake up to another, um, to each other. It's the weight to be in the same household and knowing that you ain't gotta worry about accountability. Like, oh, y'all out too late. You know what I mean? It's like God is like, you know what? Okay, cool. Now y'all can do what y'all want. You know what I mean? And it's not about you doing what you want because everybody like, oh, the marriage bed is undefiled. No, you cannot do what you want in a godly bedroom. 
like bring another person. No threesomes. Masturbation and pornography. No, we're not doing that, y'all. The weight is beautiful, y'all, and you got to understand that of how popping you are. Somebody else needs to know how popping you are and themselves are. Because if Sam don't believe he's popping, but he believes Katie is popping, Katie needs Sam to believe that he's popping for himself. Do I want to be with somebody who's insecure about themselves, but they're really secure in me? The weight is beautiful, y'all. You know what I mean? And God has continued to show me of how popular my weight has been and how beautiful my singleness has been. You know, and it's it's so dope. So experience singleness and you really experience it. Nobody knows how long you can um, or how long it's going to take you to erase your singleness. It may, it may take a month. It may take a week. But you got to understand is that your purity is popping. You know, if you're a virgin, okay, cool. Don't, you know, and look, don't, don't allow people to feel bad for y'all because, oh, I just want you to, uh, I just can't wait till somebody marries you or whatever. What, what you mean? I love my singleness. Be in love with your singleness. Being in love with that, um, with God's purpose he has for you. A lot of us haven't had that purpose. What's your purpose? Your purpose cannot be finding a husband or a wife. That should be one of the last things. Honestly, we're God's son and God's daughter. What, you trying to be married like 12, like how your grandparents were? No single life? No relationship with Christ? <laughs> Waiting ain't easy, y'all. But it can be better. It can be great. It can be awesome. You know what I mean? Because you know that God has not forgotten about you. And you're okay, you know, if God never sends that meat. And the reality is there's some people that don't want to be married. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, I know a 60-year-old virgin. I know 40-year-old virgins. You know, how, how old you are, I probably know somebody that's way older than you that's still a virgin. I know somebody that's way older than you that's still waiting, that's still trying to be pure. Somebody that had sex before and, you know, that's still waiting and believing in God. God has not forgotten about you. But make sure that you're doing your thing for God's best. Don't look out here messy and then you're still praying for a husband. God not sending him. You won't know how to treat the blessing. And stop praying. For a husband and wife, like they're a product. You know what I mean? They're not a car. You know, a car don't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so very much, Jeremiah, for being on the podcast today. Um, I pray that my babes out there got value from today's discussion. Uh, Jeremiah will actually be at the conference sharing his story once again. You'll have the opportunity uh, to meet him and ask him questions in regards to his ministry and in, in regards to, you know, him being a man in this world that is still a virgin and, you know, took the proper ways, you know, to walk this thing out with friendship and courtship and engagement and, you know, his, his marriage, you know, that is coming up here soon. So uh, be at the conference, you know, meet him, talk to him, uh, glean, a, you know, additional knowledge from him at the conference. And like I said, brother, it has been an awesome, awesome time with you today. It has been a pleasure to spend time with you today. And I just thank you. 
No problem. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on once again, Marissa. Thank you for the opportunity to come to uh, South Beach, Miami. I gotta edit my joint. I said Miami. That joint. I gotta say South Beach. South <laughs> Beach. We on South Beach, honey, and a beautiful <laughs> hotel, a beautiful property right on the beach. So be there. Also, you also get five credits for those that are coming because this is also a retreat as well. So if you're staying at the host hotel, you have the opportunity to use the spa and get a discount count at the spa so make sure that you are there all right babes until the next podcast bye bye